listener production. The S&P 500 index notches first record close in two years. And the Australian share market expected to get off to a positive start following the strong US lead. I'm Ryan. I'm Craig. It's Monday, January the 22nd. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Craig, what a great weekend. We woke up on Monday and the Dow Jones had hit a record closing high. The S&P 500 index also at the highest intraday and also closing record high as well. And the Nasdaq continued to lift as well. Optimism is breaking out all over. Yes, Dow Jones up 395 points, 1.1%. The Standard Poor's 500 up by 1.2%. And NASDAQ up by 1.7%. And the NASDAQ 100 index are also up by 2% to, to record highs. The S&P 500 index, when we have seen this happen, Craig, in the past, one year after hitting new highs, the index has risen 13 out of 14 times by a median of 13% in that span. So that does bode well for the rest of the year. Yeah, the stats are in favour of the market. Apparently, according to the pundits, that we're now back in the bull market. And uh, we'll see where we go from here. Certainly, it, uh, it was a broad uh, rally that we saw on Friday. Nine out of the 11 industry sectors rose, led by the technology sector. And the Dow 30 uh, index, 25 out of those 30 components rose. Yes, we are seeing the leadership of the share market, again, driven by those chip makers and heavyweight technology stocks often known as the Magnificent Seven. Mm-hmm. NVIDIA climbed 4.2% and advanced micro devices rallied 7.1% after server maker Super Microcomputer lifted its second quarter profit forecast, sending its shares up 36%. Bearing in mind, we have seen the lift in those semiconductor shares following Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company's announcement earlier this week, and we did see strong outcomes for that chip maker. So we did see the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index up 4% to a record high on Friday, and the S&P 500 Information Technology Sector Index jumped 2.4% to an all-time high, and Microsoft and Apple, the world's two most valuable companies, both rose more than 1%, Craig. Yeah, travellers also beat expectations with their earnings, and travellers' shares were up in the order of 6.7%. And um, Inspire Medical, it's um, a sleep apnea product company. Uh, it was up 4% on a Jefferies upgrade. If we turn our attention to the treasury market, the bond market in the United States, we did see the 10-year treasury yield down by just one basis point to 4.13%. That said, we did see the 10-year up by 19 Mm -hmm. points over the week, the most since October. And at the same time, we did see the two-year Treasury yield up by three basis points to 4.39% on Friday. Chicago Fed President Austin Goolsbee said the US Federal Reserve still needed weeks more of inflation data before any rate cut. And we have seen short-term interest rate futures markets pricing in the likelihood of a rate cut in March dropping to below 50%, down from 77% last week. So with that pushback from central bankers, we have seen expectations for rate cuts pushed out to May. Yeah, we also saw some uh, positive economic data on on Friday. U.S. consumer sentiment rose to two-and-a-half-year highs, rose from a reading of 69.7 to 78.8. There's measures of inflation expectations contained in that release, and the one-year forecast for inflation expectations at a three-year low now, down from 3.1% to 2.9%. And this is all important. If we get those inflationary expectations down, consumers and businesses getting used to inflation at 
two to three percent rather than your sort of four percent plus, uh, then we've got a, a easier job in terms of in getting inflation staying in that range. We do, and certainly we did see that index from the University of Michigan jump by 9.1 points. That's the biggest monthly advance since 2005. So mm. that points to that hope for soft landing in the Goldilocks scenario where inflation comes down, the economy doesn't go into recession, and jobs are preserved. We also saw sales of previously owned US homes fall in December, capping the worst year for the housing market in nearly three decades. We saw existing home sales down 1% to 3.78 million annualized rate and we did see sales in 2023, as I mentioned, fall quite significantly on the back of the big increase in those interest rates in the United States. And we did see borrowing costs lift to the highest level since the early 2000s. Now, turning our attention to Europe, Craig, not quite the same optimistic outcome there. It was a bit of a mixed backdrop. In fact, we saw little change as far as the closing prices were concerned. The FTSE Euro First 300 Index was down 0.3% and the UK FTSE 100 Index was broadly flat. Yeah, basic resources sector was down by 1.5% there. Uh, disappointment in terms of UK retail sales, it fell by 3.2% in December and there's suggestions that the UK economy may move into recession. Certainly the office for national statistics in the UK said people did Christmas shopping earlier than usual and especially for food contributed to retail sales volumes shrinking between November and December. It was the biggest monthly drop since January 2021. So the level of sales is at its lowest ebb since May 2020. So we are seeing concerns, as you mentioned, about the potential for a UK recession. And also at the same time, German producer prices fell more than expected in December, decreasing 8.6% mm. year on year. And also that had an impact on the German DAX index as well. And also if we look at what happened in commodity markets, Craig, we did see all prices down on Friday. Yeah, Brent price down by 0.7%, uh, NYMEX down by 0.9%. For the week, Brent was up a smidgen, 0.3%, and the NYMEX price was up in the order of 1%. But uh, it's those mix of factors looking at uh, economic uh, uh, environment across the, the globe and the demand for oil, and then looking at things like supply disruptions across the, the Red Sea. Yes, so the continuation of the Middle Eastern conflict, of course, is supporting oil prices at the moment. There's also been a 30% drop in oil output in North Dakota in the United States, the country's third largest producing state. That remains shut due to extreme cold as well. But at the same time, uh, there is some concerns about the demand backdrop, particularly in China, with economic growth there still very sluggish. And the Chinese equity market last week dropped to a near five-year low. And that's really an indicator of some of that weak demand that's happening around the Chinese economy at the moment. Also, at the same time, Craig, we saw gold up 0.4% on Friday to 2029.30 US dollars an ounce. It fell by the most in six weeks, did the gold price. Mm. It was down 1.1% as US Federal Reserve policymakers through the week lowered expectations of an early rate cut. And we did see iron ore on Friday down a smidgen, down 0.1% to 135.88 US dollars a tonne. And investors continue to weigh Beijing's latest pledge to shore up the faltering Chinese economy with further aid. But we have seen soft demand signals in the economy and China's steel output cratered in December with housing prices falling the most in nine years. Yeah, overall, in terms of our market today, the share price index on the futures exchange pointing to a gain of 26 points or four tenths to 1% at the start of trade. Uh, the lower oil price may weigh on the energy sector. The 
for the slight fall in the iron ore price, yes, it may weigh on the likes of BHP, Rio, and, and Fortescue, uh, but the gold price higher, so certainly something there for the gold bugs. Indeed. Not much in terms of economic data in Australia today, but South 32, the miner, the diversified miner, is releasing its latest quarterly production update. And we're expecting to see volumes to improve overall, particularly for alumina and aluminium, but forecasting lower manganese volumes and flat coal volumes and base metal output should increase. Markets are forecasting underlying EBITDA of around $845 million in the first half of 2024, and that would be down about 38%, an intradividend of around $0.16 cents a share, representing a payout of 40% for an annualised dividend of about 2%. The Aussie dollar currently trading at 65.9 US cents. We did see the Aussie dollar lift from 65.65 cents to $0.66 cents on Friday in terms of trade. We did see support for the Aussie dollar, and that was really on the back of an increase in risk appetite. Indeed, and uh, watch out for the Chinese the loan prime rates today. There may be a rate cut in the offing. Yes, so we'll have to wait and see in terms of that. The US later tonight, the leading index and also earnings from United Airlines. Thanks for your time and have a great week. Bye-bye. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067254399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.